0: You're listening to The Preaching Podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Tonight, we're picking up in Revelation 13. But I want to remind you what we... Uh, studied in Revelation 12, I won't go through the whole chapter, but in Revelation 12, we saw an interesting uh, scene that took place. Uh, The Bible tells us that there was war in heaven, and uh, Satan and his demons uh, launched an attack against God, and God, of course, he always wins, he's always victorious, but he, he kicked Satan out of heaven and said, you're not coming back, and so Satan was cast down to the earth. And in Revelation 13, we see that Satan is not done. He's been defeated in heaven, but now he's on planet earth. And the correlation of all of this is that on planet earth is the tribulation. On planet earth is the seven years of God's judgment and God's wrath being poured out against the Jews because they had rejected the Messiah. This is the the time of Jacob's trouble. This is the The time of great tribulation. And so when we get to Revelation 13, we see in verse number one, I'm going to give you an outline tonight and uh, I won't get through all of it, but I'll get through uh, some and I hope to help you and I hope to draw some uh, applications from it. But we see in verse number one, we see that John stood upon the sand of the sea and he saw a beast rise up out of the sea "...having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth were, uh, as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat in great authority." And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death and his deadly wound was healed and all the world wondered after the beast and they worshiped the dragon which gave power unto the beast and they worshiped the beast saying, who is like unto the beast and who is able to make war with him? Our father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts and I pray that you would open our eyes and open our understanding. And I pray that we would be helped tonight. I pray that we would be challenged. I pray that we would not view the book of Revelation as just a a history lesson or a prophecy lesson. But I pray that we would view this book as a a lesson for us to learn and a lesson for us to apply to our lives today. Help us to realize the the reality of eternity. Help us to realize that, that there are people that we come in contact with every day that if they do not get saved, if they do not put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, they could go through a tribulation period like this. And I pray that our our hearts would be so burdened. Uh, I pray that we would be moved to action to be a witness and to share the gospel and to to pray for people and to, to care for people and to care for the souls of men and women, boys and girls that are all around us every day. We pray that you'd speak to us and help us in the time we're together tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We see number one in this chapter, Revelation, we see the appearance of the Antichrist. The Antichrist is coming on the scene. He is showing up. And the Bible says that this Antichrist, he is a beast that is coming out of the sea. Now, the sea that is being referred to here is uh, most likely the Mediterranean Sea. That is the, the sea in the Bible that is often referred to. Uh, that's where, um, of course, Israel uh, was on the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, the, the empires of Rome were all surrounding the Mediterranean Sea. And so from this sea comes a beast, and probably he will be of Gentile origin. But this ruler will come from the area that will be the revived or the revised Roman Empire. Now, I want you to hold your place in Revelation 13. And I want you to turn back with me to the book of Daniel. Uh, If you you come to the major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and then you'll get to the book of Daniel. And I want you to see Daniel chapter 7. And we have studied the book of Daniel. It's been several years. But I want you to look at Daniel chapter 7. And I want you to see the similarities from Daniel 7 and Revelation 13. It's like these, they go together like a glove. These two chapters, they fit together and they really show us so much of what is being prophesied uh, by explanation. It says in Daniel chapter 7 and verse number 4. It says, excuse me, verse 3, there were four great beasts that came up from the sea. Diverse, one from another. The first was like a what? A lion and had eagle's wings. Uh, verse number 5, and behold, another beast, a second, like to a what? A bear. So we've got a lion. We've got a bear. And then verse number 6, after this, I beheld and lo, another like a what? A leopard. A leopard. And these are the three animals that are described in Revelation 13. Now in Daniel 7, Daniel prophesied and these animals represented world empires. The lion represented the Babylonian Empire. The bear represented the Medial Persian Empire. The leopard represented the Grecian Empire and the the speed uh, by by which uh, Alexander the Great conquered the world. And then when it comes to the Roman Empire, The Bible does not say it was a lion or a bear or a leopard, but it tells us in verse number seven, after this, I saw in the night visions and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible. That's the description. This beast is awful. This beast is scary. This beast is ruthless. And it gives some more description. It says it was strong exceedingly and it had great iron teeth. And it devoured uh, and break in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it. And it had how many horns? Ten horns. Look at verse number eight. I considered the horns and behold, there came up among them another little horn before whom the first three were of the horns were plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking great things. Now remember that phrase, a mouth speaking great things, because that's exactly the description in Revelation 13 of this beast and how this beast will be speaking great things. It says in verse number um, 23, thus he said, the fourth beast uh, shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth and tread it down and break it in pieces. And the 10 horns... Out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, uh, and another shall rise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. And he shall speak great things against the Most High. This, this beast is literally speaking against God. Can you imagine the audacity? Can you imagine uh, how bold and how brazen this man is that he is speaking against God himself? But that's what it says. And it says that he will think to change times and laws and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. Remember, we've seen that throughout Revelation, meaning a time is one, times is two, and then the dividing of time or half a time is, would be a half. And so that's the three and a half years, the second half of the seven year tribulation. So now flip back with me to Revelation 13. So we see this beast that is coming up out of the sea uh, with the uh, uh, like a leopard and like a bear and like a lion. And then it says this. It says, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. Number one, if you're taking notes, I want you to see the appearance of this beast. It's the appearance of the Antichrist. The Antichrist will come on the scene, and he will come on the scene as a king. He will come on the scene as a ruler, and, and he is, he is uh, the, the, the beast of, of uh, Daniel chapter 7. He is the terrible beast from the revived Roman Empire. And we see in this uh, passage, verse number 2, that this beast, number 2, has authority. Not only the appearance of the beast, but number 2, the authority of the beast. His authority, his power, it comes from the dragon. Well, who's the dragon? That's Satan. And so this beast will be empowered. Uh, and I, say, I keep saying beast, that's what he's called in Revelation 13. But this man, this Antichrist, will be powered by Satan. You say, well, how is that possible? Well, remember in the Gospels, remember a man by the name of Judas? Remember what Satan did to Judas. The Bible says, and Satan entered into Judas. Judas became possessed by Satan. I believe that is one example of of, of several other examples, but I believe that's one example, one reason why we know that Judas was not saved. Did you know that Satan cannot possess a saved person? Now, Satan can oppress and Satan can bother and Satan can give you a hard time and you start getting away from God and you start opening the door to satanic activity and all that and Satan can make your life miserable. But if you're saved, your body is already indwelled. Your body's already occupied. You have, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God, which is within you, which you have of God and ye are not your own. So this, this man, this leader, this ruler is empowered by Satan. He is given his authority by Satan himself. It's interesting to me that when Jesus came to this earth, remember when Jesus was tempted by the devil? And what did Satan tell Jesus? He said, if you will bow down, if you will worship me, I'll give you all this. You can have all the kingdoms of the earth if you'll just bow down and worship me. What did Jesus say? (laughs) As it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Uh, Jesus said to Satan, he said, you better take a hike, buddy. I'm not bowing down. I'm not worshiping you. But in Revelation 13, somebody's going to accept that offer. The Antichrist, a, a man, a ruler, is going to accept that offer from Satan. And Satan will give this man, this leader, He will give him amazing power. We see, number one, the appearance of the Antichrist. Number two, the authority of the Antichrist. But number three, I want you to see uh, who is the Antichrist. Well, I won't get into all the references tonight. Probably in the future, I'll give you these references and we'll look at them. But the Antichrist is referred to in the Bible as a beast. He's referred to as the man of sin. He's the man of perdition. He's referred to as that wicked. That's what it says. He's that wicked, capital W. He is referred to as a little horn in Daniel 7. He's referred to as an abomination of desolation in Matthew 24. He is in Daniel 9, the prince that shall come. He is in Daniel chapter 8. He's the king of fierce countenance. And in Daniel 11, he is the king that will do according to his will. We see the Antichrist and who he is in the descriptions given in the word of God. But number four, I want you to see quickly. I want you to see the amazement. The Bible says in verse number three, that the Antichrist, it says in one of his heads, uh, as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. Now, I don't know if The Antichrist, I don't know if there's going to be an assassination attempt. I don't know if he's going to be declared dead. And while everybody's watching on uh, the newsfeed and he gets up and he's, I don't know how all that's going to happen, but it's going to be something miraculous. It's going to be something that is going to cause the people of this earth to say, whoa, what just happened? And I want to remind you that God is supernatural but i want to remind you that satan also can do the supernatural remember in the book of exodus when moses and aaron when they went before pharaoh you remember that that account and they they performed the miracles the water turned to blood and they cast down the rods and they turn into snakes remember all that well what did pharaoh's magicians do same thing can i tell you satan is powerful And there there are things that you say, oh, well, that's miraculous. It must be of God. Oh, no. It could be satanic. And Satan is at work. And Satan is real. And don't ever let the devil lull you to sleep to think that he's not a threat because Satan is real. And Satan is powerful. And the world will be amazed because the Antichrist will be raised back to life. Now, does that sound familiar? What's the Antichrist trying to do? Trying to do what Jesus did, right? Jesus, who was crucified, he was buried and he rose again. The Antichrist, I'm not saying he's going to be crucified. I'm not saying he's going to be buried. I'm not saying he's going to rise again, but I'm saying there's going to be something miraculous that the people of this earth are going to be wowed by the power of the Antichrist. Verse number four, it says, and they worshiped the dragon. They are worshiping Satan. By the way, people are already worshiping Satan. And it's not a a guy in a red suit with horns and a pitchfork and a tail either. But Satan himself has been transformed into an angel of light. And boy, he can make it look good. He can make it all sound good. And people are worshiping Satan. You say, how are people worshiping Satan? Anytime you worship anything or anybody that is not God, You are involved and you are going down the road of following after Satan's plans and Satan's uh, plot for your life. Verse number four, the world worshiped Satan, who is the one that gave authority to the Antichrist. And they say, who is like unto the beast? And and boy, nobody is like him. He is amazing, this, this, this Antichrist, this leader. Verse number five, it says, and there was given unto him a mouth Speaking great things. You remember that phrase we read in Daniel chapter 7? It's exactly what the Antichrist is going to do. He's going to speak some pretty amazing things. He's going to have some pretty bold proclamations. The Bible says that he's going to speak great things and blasphemies. And power, authority was given unto him to continue for 42 months. And 42 months is the equivalent of Three and a half years, right? So that's the second half of the tribulation that this Antichrist will have power. But here's what I want you to remember. If we look at this verse, we say, okay, so Satan is the one that empowers the Antichrist and Satan is the one that gives him power. And I would say that is a true statement. But I want to remind you that there is no power given to anybody unless God authorizes it. Unless it comes across God's desk and God puts his seal, God puts his stamp. And so, yes, this Antichrist, he's given power. But that power ultimately has come from God. And nothing happens in this world that God does not allow. I'm not saying that, you say, well, what about all the bad stuff? I'm not saying that God's responsible, but I'm saying that God allows it. And God is a God of grace and God is a God of mercy and God has held back his hand of judgment. He's given people time and and space to repent. But we see that the time for the Antichrist is 40 and two months uh, for him to be in power. The Bible says in verse six, and he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. We see number five, we see the announcement that he makes. He speaks great things and blasphemous things against God. We see in verse number six that he blasphemes the name of God. You know, I don't know what it's going to be like during the tribulation period, but I'll guarantee you this. You're not going to be allowed to pray in Jesus name. I will guarantee you that. I'll guarantee you there's not going to be any uh, uh, Christian advertisements going on television. I'll promise you there's not going to be anything uh, uh, Christian that's going to be allowed on the Internet. I will promise you that will all be censored. You say, how is that possible? It's already happening. We're already seeing those kinds of things. And when Christians are removed out of here, when the rapture takes place and the salt of the earth is is out of here, this world is going to be in a tailspin. This world is going to be a mess. The name of God. Uh, I'll promise you this. During the tribulation, you're not going to have access to freely read a Bible. You're not going to have access to come inside of a church. You say, well, the Christians are going to be gone. And you're right. But there will be people that will get saved. Remember the 144,000 witnesses that are preaching the gospel and winning souls and and, and telling people that have never heard, those who have not been sent the strong delusion, there will be people saved. You say, what's going to happen to those people? They're going to be persecuted. They're going to be chased down. They're going to be hunted down because the Antichrist is all against God, the name of God, the temple of God. The Bible tells us that during the tribulation, the Antichrist will uh, commit or perform the abomination of desolations in the temple in Jerusalem. Uh, He will, many believe he will set up an idol of himself and demand that he be worshiped while he is in the temple in Jerusalem that will be rebuilt during the tribulation time. I wanna tell you, this Antichrist is on an all out attack against God. Number six, we see that of the attacks. Verse number seven, and it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. We see that the Antichrist is attacking the church. He is atta- i say attacking the church. The church is near. He's attacking the, the Christians. He's attacking the things of God. He will try to destroy all Christians everywhere. There will be persecution. The Bible says he was given power over all tribes. And tongues and nations, that word tongues is the same word that is used in the book of Acts. It refers to uh, languages or dialects. And and he is not going to be limited. The Antichrist is not going to be limited to one language. He's not going to be just attacking uh, God in those in English-speaking countries or those in Spanish-speaking or those in in Muslim countries. It's going to be nationwide, worldwide, everybody, every person. Will be under attack from the Antichrist if they try to do anything that would uh, honor or glorify the name of God. Verse number eight, the Bible says, All that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, worship the Antichrist, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. So here it is. Are you ready for this? In the tribulation, it's one or the other. You either worship the Antichrist or you get saved. Or let me say it this way. You either get saved or you're going to worship the Antichrist. And you know what's amazing? Is really, that's what it boils, to, it boils down to right now. You have two choices. You can either trust Christ You can reject Christ. You can either have heaven or you can spend eternity in a place called hell. You can either accept the grace of God or you can try to rely upon your own works and and your own good deeds. And those will never be enough because the Bible says that it's by grace that we're saved through faith and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. It's not of works lest any man should boast. And the Bible says it like this. I love this verse eight. Those whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Would you hold your place in Revelation 13? Turn over with me, please, to Revelation 20. I want you to see another place where the book of life, we call it the Lamb's book of life, where that book is found and where it is described. It says in Revelation 20 in verse number 11, and I saw a great white throne, You say, well, pastor, I thought we weren't saved by works. You're right, we're not saved by works. This is the great white throne judgment. And every person that stands before the great white throne judgment is unsaved. Every person that stands before the great white throne judgment, they're already, their, their destiny's already been determined because they rejected Christ. They're going to spend eternity in lake of fire. So now they're judged according to their works. I believe it's to determine the degrees of punishment You say, how could it get worse than a lake of fire? I don't know. I don't want to know. I can't imagine. I wouldn't want anybody to go to a lake of fire for five seconds. I wouldn't want anybody to go to a lake that is burning with fire and brimstone and there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. I wouldn't want want my worst enemy to go there for a minute or five or ten minutes or, or at all. But can I tell you, we're not talking about minutes. We're not talking about hours. We're talking about eternity. We're talking about forever. And the Bible says in Revelation 20, verse number 14, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And verse number 15 gives us the answer. How to avoid the lake of fire, how to stay out of that punishment, verse 15, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Well, hang on. So it means if your name's not in the book of life, you go to the lake of fire. But if your name is in the book of life, hallelujah, it means you don't go to the lake of fire. You say, where do you go if your name is in the book of life? I got good news for you. There's only two options. If you're not going to the lake of fire, then you are spending eternity in a place called heaven. And you say, how is that possible? How could a person go to heaven instead of going to a lake of fire? Well, turn back with me to Revelation 13. I want you to see the description of this book. One more time. In verse eight, it said, those whose names are not written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. You see, there was a lamb. That was slain. You say, Who was that lamb? It was the Lamb of God. It was Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who was slain on the cross and whose blood was shed, and whose blood is the blood that covers all of our sins. It's the blood of Jesus that gives us salvation. It is the blood of Jesus that paid the price so we could be saved. I see number eight. And I'll close with this. I see the attention. Verse number nine, it says this, if any man have an ear, let him hear. You know what? This book was written about the tribulation, but this book was written for us. The book of Revelation was written for us so that we would know, so we could be warned, so we wouldn't have to go through the judgment, and we wouldn't have to face the wrath of God. Because Jesus Christ already faced the wrath for us. Jesus on the cross, as he was bleeding and as he was suffering and as he was dying, he looked up to heaven and he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And the answer to that question is, he experienced the wrath of God so you and I wouldn't have to, so that we could be saved, so that we could be spared from a lake of fire, so that we could have eternal life in heaven. Aren't you glad that Jesus would do that for you? Aren't you glad that Jesus would do that for us, that he would die so we wouldn't have to? He would pay the price so we could have our sins forgiven. The Antichrist will make an appearance. Revelation 13 talks about it. But I've got good news, and that is that Jesus Christ has already made his first appearance. And he's coming back. He's making a second appearance. He's coming back, king of kings and lord of lords. The Antichrist has authority that's been given by Satan, but Jesus Christ has authority that's been given by God himself. And he said, all power, all authority is given unto me. There will be people that will be amazed at the Antichrist, but I want to tell you this, I'm amazed that I know Jesus Christ. I'm amazed that Jesus would love me, and I'm amazed that Jesus would die for me. The Antichrist makes an announcement, and there's a blasphemy, and there's great things that are spoken against God, but Jesus made an announcement for you, and he said, Whosoever will may come. The Bible announcement is made, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm glad that announcement's been given for anybody that will come to Jesus, they can be saved. Yes, there will be attacks by the devil. Yes, there will be attacks by the Antichrist, but I'm glad that we have protection from the attacks of the devil. Aren't you glad that Jesus Christ is our refuge? I see in this passage, I see that there's a tension that is given to what the Antichrist is going to do and to uh, all that will take place during the tribulation. But I want to give attention right now to what God is trying to do right here. You say, well, what's going to happen in the tribulation? Well, the Bible tells us some of that, but I want to know what's going to happen right here. I want to know what are you going to do with Jesus? What are you going to do with the gospel that you've been given? Are you going to take it and share it with somebody else? Or we're going to keep it to ourselves. We've got these, we've got these Easter flyers. I asked Miss Grace. Uh, I think she ordered 5,000. I, I think that's the number. But I'll tell you what, what a great opportunity we have in these next few weeks just to get out as many invitations as we can, invite somebody to come to church, and then on the back of that invitation, you know what it says, nice and big? The Bible way to heaven. Wouldn't it be good if a lot of people would read that and a lot of people would come to know Christ as Savior because somebody invited them to an Easter Sunday? Wouldn't it be great if we wouldn't keep the gospel to ourselves, but if we would share it with those who need it? Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.